continual improvement and ability to adapt to any situation, I guess. Right? God, did you think it was like a, did you write that out? You practiced it last night? Yeah, I said it right. Yeah. yeah. I looked at my cards. Notes. I'm sorry. That's, no, no. Uh, honestly, that's probably one of the most clear and concise, you know, ones we've heard and, and it definitely rings true. I mean, um, and the word is adapt. I yes. think that's the key. Because, um, again, no, nothing, no progress is made by, by just being stagnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you, it was continually adapting. I am an everyday athlete. I am an everyday Good morning, everyone. This is Jarrett Bassman with Mark McCain, and you're listening to Everyday Athlete, a podcast devoted to bringing you the amazing stories behind the lives of day-to-day CrossFit athletes like yourself. And today, we've gone to a new low. Mm. <laughs> We're, yeah. Very different from last week. Yeah. This is probably the most professional-looking person we've ever had here. Very well-dressed. Very well-dressed today. Thank you. We have uh, Adam Zoda. Welcome, Adam. Thank How are you, you today? How's Very your, good. How's your week? Been very good. I'm kind of disappointed that we didn't move this downstairs due to uh, Monday's workout, but <laughs> Monday 150 wall balls. It was basically Karen plus Grace <laughs> getting heavier than Grace. Right? CrossFit I mean, main site. If you guys have not been checking that out, they are just continuing to produce good content when it comes to workouts. Definitely workouts you look at and you're like, what? Yeah. That's people are doing that. Yeah. So it was it was a doozy. But I agree. The steps have been challenging this week. Luckily, I've been injured. Uh, I guess this is a good week to be hurt on, uh, so I don't have to do stuff. Um, Adam, you, we've known each other for quite some time now, actually. Very long time. When? Because uh, you didn't start necessarily with Triumph. You no. Kind of migrated no. over towards uh, when we moved. I think it was the, maybe the original uh, Covington Cross. Really, the yeah. the tiny mm-hmm. one? It was. Uh, wow, it's been that long. I checked my emails. And I found an email to Lexi setting up the uh, on-ramp course, you know, scheduling that. And that was August of 2012. Wow. Wow. You might be one of the longest standing members. And you're still very, you know, young in the grand scheme of things yeah. and you, very good looking. What? You didn't uh, You didn't do like the one hour. You remember that? Like the one hour, like the one day intro thing we did? What I can't a, remember what I had for breakfast. What an awful idea that was. Yeah. I that kind of, that's a, that sounds familiar. I just remember a lot of sea bass. A lot of sea bass. Sea Shout bass, out sea bass. Shout out sea bass. What is she doing right now? Right she's now. She's on the beach probably. I know. That's Living it I'm up. Yeah. Um, that's cool. That's uh, I didn't even realize it was that long. That's pretty awesome. You just had a birthday too. So how put it maybe in perspective for people that don't know you. What? How old are you? 29. Just turned 29. And 2012. So that's five, five years. years ago. Yeah. So you started... That was right before my birthday, so 23? 23. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. What have you, uh, I'm going to dive right into that. What do you, uh, how have you grown as far as uh, an athlete and a person? I mean, I think that's a pretty, that's a pretty broad statement, but I think it's pretty interesting to see someone who's been doing this that long to see, you know, where they've, they kind of started. Because I'm sure it wasn't like, well, I'll just do this for, the next six years or five years no no it actually kind of started you know crossfit started out almost as a tough martyr training for me because mm-hmm. i was going to do tough martyr later that year Idiot. and brandon <laughs> was going to the, the the saturday classes and i joined him and i was like oh man this might be you know pretty good for getting ready for the tough mutter and now here i am five years later but uh it's did you ever do a tough mutter i did yeah. yeah, yeah. Right after I started, so I did one, and I was like, "I'll, I'll never do that again." Yeah, <laughs> I was. I was also one and done. Yeah. Spartan race, and I did yeah. one tough mudder and one Spartan race. Okay. Uh, it was, yeah. I did one of each, and the tough mudder I did was um, fun story. Um, I did with uh, Matt Gilman and Frank Madden, two guys that I played soccer with all growing up, and and Frank is an avid rock climber. Actually, has written a book on rock climbing. Um, and Matt at the time, I think was, was doing triathlon. So very two, 
very fit guys. And I was doing CrossFit, mm. which, you know, is it's obviously in its own realm, very, very, uh, but the, the kind of, uh, requirements for, um, rock climbing and, and triathlons and CrossFit are all very different. Um, and both those guys are very good runners. I'm not a great runner. Um, but it was, uh, I remember driving up there in Attica, Indiana. It was like November 20th and, uh, Attica, Indiana is about three and a half hours Northwest, I think. And it was raining and it was 35 degrees out. Yeah. Um, I had, uh, I lived next to now Laura Sullivan down in Covington at the time. And I borrowed, um, Kevin's like winter army. I don't even know what it was, but it was, I couldn't, I basically couldn't get rid of it because it was army issue and it was his and you needed it back. Uh, and the way the Tough Mudder worked is you went three, two, one, go. You went down the hill, you went up the hill. You went down the hill and then into the ice water tank. (laughs) And so from, I literally, I was like, well, I'm actually colder now because I'm wearing basically just a burlap sack and uh, had hypothermia and the whole thing. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Told myself I'd never do it again. Then I did one with Chris. I did a Spartan race, but that was warm out. I just was dehydrated on that one. Yeah. So did you smoke your friends or what? Oh God. It was the, (laughs) it was the, it was literally one of those things. Like I, it felt like you'd just been like ran over by a car. It, it was like a whole two, two or three days where yes. I, I thought there was something like actually wrong with <laughs> I, me. I need to go to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was, a uh, it was an experience to say the least. And, but how did the rock climber and the, they did, they did great. I, um, I don't know if our times were right. When we finished, they said we, we crossed the line in two hours and 22 minutes and 22 seconds. It was a 14 mile course. Mm-hmm. That seemed very fast, mm-hmm. but Again, we all were, again, soccer players together. We, you know, we were all well, do, did well at running. And I was, mm-hmm. at the time, you know, pretty fit now and was pretty fit then. So um, they did very well. Um, it was kind of funny to see the transfers. Obviously, a rock climber is going to do pretty well. Um, there's a part where, uh, let's say there's a pool, the width of this table, and there's a monkey bar. You guys are probably seeing it. Mm-hmm. Like it goes up, and then it went up like an A-frame in like a house, and yeah. then back down. Yeah. Well, the monkey, this, the bars would spin. So like, like every third bar was mm-hmm. not attached to anything. So you'd go to grab it and it would just spin out of your hand and people would fall. Like that was the idea. Mm-hmm. No one could get across. Well, Frank's a rock climber. So he shimmied up the side of it and then crawled across the top of the whole thing. <laughs> and they're like, you can't do that. He's like, I'm gonna, I just did. <laughs> I just did. Uh, you know, you're basically trying to hurt people and, uh, <laughs> I will say it was kind of funny because again, it's 35 degrees out and it's raining and there's that uh, kind of machoism or bravado that comes with, you know, just doing those things like it's a tough mutter. And there's these uh, group of like four or five guys and they all were wearing loincloths and that's it. And they were all pretty, pretty uh, fit guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do remember watching them one by one get carried off on stretchers and in mm. the heat blankets and things like that. Yeah. Cause you know, it's 35 and you're running yeah. a 14 mile race. No, no jokes. Yep. It's so real, real life. But you are actually signing, you know, you are signing a death waiver on those things <laughs> and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So how was your tough mutter? Yeah. Adam? Well, we did see a guy in a black thong, so that was pretty exciting. Nice. But, uh, Highlight of the trip. It was, I think, maybe three or four hours for us. It was flurrying. It was down in Maysville, Kentucky yep. in October, late October. So it was pretty cold. Uh, it's funny. You say late October. It is October 4th right now, <laughs> and uh, I just looked at the forecast. It is uh, 80 and above for the next five days right it's now. It's kind of scary. Yeah. But no, it was good. Uh, I didn't get hurt. There, We did have one guy mess up his shoulder and then have to get surgery unfortunately but holy crap but no it was other than that it was successful then then i ended up doing a spartan race and then uh i think did the mud stash a couple of times which was like a 5k and yeah, a that's a little bit stuff. that's the the kind of uh training wheels version yeah i think i don't think people realize that you know there is there are thousands of people that do spartan races and tough mudders like it is still very difficult. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not a joke, you know, um, when you, you talk about like the injuries and things like that, I think you have to have some training, you yeah. know, well, it's, you know, again, it's just like anything else, right? You can have different levels to it. Like you can walk the course if you want, oh, yeah. you know, you can go around the obstacles. 
and then you can get to those you know i think the spartan they have paid athletes now that do yeah. their you know world championship i think it's on like nbc or something yeah. i could be wrong it's it's crazy so there's there's you know there's always going to be different levels and that's kind of i think what we get into that's the whole genesis of the podcast right is to talk to these people at everyday athletes um that aren't necessarily you know obviously we had melissa on last last episode talking a little bit about you know standing on the podium at the games which very small percentage of, of people actually get to do which makes it so much uh, even more impressive but for by and large 99 percent of the people that are coming through our doors are just trying to you know look good with their shirts off yeah kind of thing. and and uh you know i'm sure there's a reason there's an appeal to doing something like spartan race there's appeal to doing something like crossfit and i think it's just how do i push myself a little bit farther mm-hmm. and i think there's a pr- reason why you probably stuck with you know, this program for, for as long as you have. Um, um, did you did you find that it helped at all? I mean, how long were you training in CrossFit before you did? Only a couple of months. So so I, that might not be a good, uh, you know, an indicator of right. how well I did. But dur- I remember d- during the mud stash, I was able to go across those monkey bars for the first time. Right. Which I failed the last time because I did that twice. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was super exciting. And that was there only... Not even a year into the CrossFit. And that, so, friend, that awesome. is what we call progress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't do something, can do something. Yep. Yeah, it was know? awesome. That was um, exciting. And I think that's the uh, one of the, the the genesis for a lot of people where they get to see, like, as even if you're 23, 24, you know, um, for whatever reason, once you hit that, like, age of 18, it's like, well, I'm supposed to be an adult. I can't do these fun things anymore. And yeah. you get to see, like, again just learning new skills you know um it, it's it makes it's not exercise anymore it's just basically improving yourself mm-hmm. in, in a physical manner um what were, were you doing anything prior to crossfit i mean is, do, you, do you have an athletic background do you uh so I, I played football two years and then i kind of messed up my back freshman year yeah uh so i, I didn't i didn't do anything after that except for like indoor track so i did shot put for a year and Still wasn't that great. So indoor track sucked. <laughs> I remember running through the halls of I high school. Hated <laughs> indoor track meets. They were the worst. You, <laughs> and it's like you see people run, and it's like, you know, four laps to a mile on outdoor track. Mm-hmm. It was like eight. You know, you're just like <laughs> I'm dizzy. It's so it's so bad. And you just sit there all day, and it smells, and mm-hmm. oh, it was the worst. Um, where are you from? The area? Yeah, I was born in Salt Lake City, and then moved really? out. Yeah, moved out from there uh, when I was two, uh, and then w- went back maybe once or twice. But uh, since then, lived in the same house in Ellesmere until I moved out after college. And Where'd you go to college? In KU. In KU. Yep. Yeah, I like to keep it local. So. Yeah. There you go. Salt Lake City, huh? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you were Mormon. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> My other moms, they're still back there. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. There you know. There you know. Set them oh, up for yeah. that one. Yeah, there you go. But, uh, you know, what, what was it, I guess, if I jump in real quick, just about the CrossFit, you know, so I think, you know, a lot of people out there maybe just started CrossFit or, you know, maybe maybe around your age, and it's like one of those things where has there been a like a common through line for you that's kept you kind of engaged? Is it the community? Is it a goal that you're chasing? Is it just... Um, there's nothing else that really appeals to you. Like, what do you think kind of, you know, is making you stick with something like CrossFit? Well, I think the community, like the friends that I've made, uh, you know, here through through the Covington gym and when I moved here, all the new people that I met, you know, that, that's been a great motivator to always come back. Even, you know, if, if I've taken some time off in the past couple of years with work and stuff, I've always made it back because, you know, I, I still have friends here mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I don't really get to talk to outside of here. So it's been it's been great to meet new people, continue those relationships. But then also just to continue to improve myself uh, sure. physically. And I don't want to buy new pants, you know, larger mm-hmm. sizes. So uh, financially, it's a good decision. <laughs> right. <laughs> financially sound decision. I've, I've weighed the I've, I've done the spreadsheets on the pants. <laughs> they need to say the same size yeah but you know i'll speak as a coach man i'm super impressed with you still you know over the years uh, i know you got a super demanding job you're a guy that uh, is married that's clearly out kicked your coverage um so congratulations <laughs> on that you have a beautiful wife very smart and um 
Yeah, man. I mean, there's some days where I come in and it's, you know, obviously being around you for so long now, I think, you know, me and Jared both come in with some days I'm like, dang, man, you know, Adam's strong, you know, yeah. like it's, he's, he's a, he's a strong kid, you know, and, um, that's, that's doesn't just happen. So mm -hmm. I think sometimes it's maybe even harder for ourselves to see it. And, and coaches, I think you just made a comment whenever we were about to start the podcast, because there's a class going on right now. And, uh, Jordan, you're like, man, Jordan looks like a, like a young man now. It's like, yeah, he's 19, you know, he yeah. started when he was like 15 or whatever. And I've got it's, a, it's crazy to see people kind of grow up. And I think you're one of those guys that definitely, um, you know, you look good and you, you keep making progress, you know, and it, it might not be that like I walk in and I get a 50 pound PR today, mm -hmm. yeah. but it's, you know, those five and 10 pounders like start to add up. And then before you know it, um, you're, you know, have a really good base of fitness. And that's what's awesome is because I've been able to get stronger and do different movements throughout these five years, but mm. the amount of stuff I've learned yeah. surpasses any of that, you know, with nutrition and, and how to maintain myself, uh, you know, just being, become more mature, you know, mm. along with understanding, you know, how to handle the tough stuff in, in the class. Mm. But, but then also, you know, with nutrition, knowing what you can eat also kind of correlates with you know your finances mm -hmm. you, know, you can't go out and spend a ton of money because then you don't have any it's almost like your calorie well, that's a, the, the priority yeah. you know it's a priority mm -hmm. thing you mm -hmm. know you can you can go out and, and and eat out you know every third night or every you know every other night but um if, if you are on a a you know if you have your finances in order then when you come down to meal prep, the higher quality foods that you need that you want to make for, throughout the week aren't going to be able to be afforded, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and that's one thing we talk about with a lot of people is, you know, where, where are your priorities at? Uh, and you see it's a, the old adage of, you know, no one's too busy, it's just a matter of priorities, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you prioritize things like sleep and nutrition and fitness, um, A, you can save, monies and save money in other areas if you are on five medications mm -hmm. and you prioritize something else like sleep, nutrition, and fitness, you can probably knock that down to mm -hmm. one medication. Yeah. You know? And we've seen that time and time again. Um, I guess it might go in the opposite direction. If you lose a bunch of weight, you have to buy a whole new wardrobe. <laughs> it will... Uh, uh, which we've seen we have that's, actually that's seen that's probably a good problem to have yeah it's a, it's a right. great problem to have but i've actually we have actually seen that where it's like i had to go out and buy all new pants you know it's mm -hmm. uh i've actually had to, i've given away um uh, quite a few items of clothing over the years because you know when i started i was 215 pounds versus 170 now yeah so the things i was yeah you've seen uh when my when i ate myself yes um <laughs> It's like an extra face. Um, maybe I'll throw that up just like right as a comparison photo. Um, but but back to your point, um, you know, I, the, the priorities are probably the biggest thing, you know, and obviously, like you said, sometimes you will have to move away from coming in every day because of work. Mm -hmm. uh, you do have a demanding job, but there's always a end goal of I need to get back here and this is why, because it is a priority and health and fitness is a priority. Um, you know, we see all too often where, well, I can't make it in. I'm too busy. I, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. And it's like, well, number one, if your anxiety levels and your stress levels and your, your resting heart rate is, you know, 130 because you're stressed all the time, well, if you're dead, you're going to be too busy being dead to do anything else. <laughs> you know, you, you have to yeah. find a balance. Mm -hmm. um, do you find that, that there's a, because again, with work and things like life, sometimes it just gets too much and you have to take a big step back. Mm -hmm. You know, do you ever find that with work in your life now to where it's like, I have to get back here or I have to go do something, whatever, whatever oh, yeah. your, whatever your outlet is, it doesn't necessarily have to be here, but, um, have you found that recently or anything? Yeah. I, I mean, so sometimes I'll look at my schedule and if I'm traveling, I'll, I'll arrange that schedule so that maybe perhaps I travel later in the day so I can come in here sure. and kind of get my mind off of that. Because traveling is pretty stressful, and I mean, along with work and everything else. So, but do you drive or fly mostly? Uh, lately, it's been driving. driving. So that kind of stinks. Just sitting yeah. down for five hours or Where so. Where you usually drive to? Um, Morristown, Tennessee is one of my favorite places, and then uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Mm. Fort Wayne. I got, a, I got a great podcast you can listen to for for your drives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just gonna listen to yourself. Plug it in. Uh, yeah. There it is. Oh, 
it's this. Oh, okay. oh yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, Fort Wayne is one that that's one that we used to travel to a lot growing up um, for for tournaments and things like that. That's not too far, right? It's no, like, it's like three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. But going north and and going anywhere north is just flat. Flat. Yeah. At least going to places like Tennessee, like you get some hills, you know. Yeah, the scenery along changes. A river. Scenery great. changes. It's a little bit nicer. Um, so you you can you kind of what you were saying there. You, you come in, kind of reframe. Like this is you know. And again, that's it's kind of been a through line. A lot of the guests have been like, "Hey, this is my refuge. This is my place where I yeah. can go and." and kind of recalibrate the day or just get my mind off things. Cause that's one definitely um, thing CrossFit provides is kind of shut your mind off, you know, yeah, and that's, no. that's the, one of the biggest personal benefits I, I can uh, attest to. So that's one of the things you kind of built into your schedule almost yeah. if you're about to travel. Hey, I'm, I know I'm going to go to the gym before I leave. Yeah. 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 Cause while you're here, you don't think about any of that stuff. You don't think about any other stressors or, you don't you don't have to, or you can't in some cases. Yeah. In some cases, it's more breathe. like I, I can't physically breathe. Um, uh, one of the, um, and this is just something that I've personally started asking everybody that's come on here, and, and again, mainly because I I saw it in my life. Um, have you seen your, I, I just equate it to problem solving, but have you seen your mental capacity for problem solving basically increase? Hey, what I, and what I mean by that is, again, something like a daunting thing, like, Monday, where mm-hmm. you've got, you know, um, to spell it out for people listening, you know, it was uh, 50 wall balls, 15 cleans at 135, right? 50 wall balls, uh, 15 or 10 cleans at 185, 50 wall balls, five cleans at 225. And, and it, it's relatively daunting. And for a lot of people, especially starting out, um, when you see numbers like that, it's, it's pretty, can be pretty terrifying. And then I think as you're working through it, there's the, the whole rainbow of emotions of, you know, denial, anger, you know, you're, you're, you're seeing like, I can't do this. There's no way I'm going to finish this. I just want to give up. And then whether it's coach, whether it's meant, you know, inside your own mind, you, I just, just do it. Just one rep at a time. Okay, yeah. Boom. And I think what that did for me was almost rewire my brain to where you see something that is, there's no way we're going to be able to make it through this. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's just no way I can handle the stress. And then you just start to chip away. Like, okay, one little step at a time. And I saw, at least, I, I attribute it mostly to CrossFit. Maybe it's just becoming an adult. Maybe it's being an owner of a business. But I definitely attribute it a lot to just my ability to work through problems in here. And that's definitely equated that in my life. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, and, and to kind of build upon what you're saying, it's, you know, like a workout is going to be, you know, perhaps even five minutes to 15 minutes. And you're going to chip away at that. And you see it completed and there's that sense of accomplishment. A lot of things in life are kind of a little bit more long-term than that, you know, like paying off uh, mm-hmm. any kind of debt or, or you know, buying, saving up for a new car, stuff like that. And, and at first you're like, oh God, I'm never gonna pay off. Mm-hmm. You know, we just actually had to replace our AC and that's an expense that we mm-hmm. weren't prepared for. And, that's, you know, sucks. and immediately we're like, oh, this is gonna be horrible. But like a, a workout or something, you, you you look at it and you divvy it up and you think, well, this is how much I'll be able to pay toward that. And it's almost like doing the wall balls. I'll be able to do, you know, mm-hmm. four different sets, maybe 15, 15, 10, 10. So, you know, th- these short term accomplishments, I think are parallel to, you know, yeah, that's the equivalent to we're going to do this payment, this payment, this yeah. payment, you know, it, it, it's exactly and it rings true. I mean, cause again, I think just, there's no handbook on being an adult. Like there's no there's one, not? yeah. <laughs> well, they, they, you know, it's it's like one of the things. out there. You're you're in, in high school and college. And you're like, why do I need to learn algebra unless you're going, mm-hmm. you know? And maybe me, being your field, my field, I didn't need it. You know, yeah. I was doing, yeah. I was making uh, flyers and and taking photos and things like that. But mm-hmm. you know, it's like I would have rather had someone sit me down and say, "This is how you do your taxes." Like, right. <laughs> the, yeah, more realistic. Yeah. Stuff. But to, to kind of your point, Adam, I, one of the things I want to jump in on. Since you've been here for five years now and you see a workout come up like we just talked about on Monday, do you ever, does a workout come up or a movement come up right now with all your experience in doing CrossFit that intimidates you or scares you or causes you to maybe not come to the gym that day? Be honest. Oh, I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> um, 
I might have slept in during. Mark's got one week of programming left. <laughs> no, because I think this is a real like problem, right? So, you know, one of the things I'm dealing with right now is a new CrossFitter, a la my wife, and she'll see a movement like we did 50 toes to bar yesterday, mm-hmm. and she's like, I can't do that. So why am I gonna go? And it's this is a repetitive conversation, you know. And I'm like, obviously, I'm explaining to her like you have to scale it. Yeah. Like, you know, I was like, look at the whiteboard, see how many girls did the. Uh, the workout RX and it was like five, right. you know, and I was like, does that Versus help the 30 you? That came in for but the she is so um, into like what she's doing and, and that so on and so forth. And it's, it's that psyche, you know, and I feel mm-hmm. like that drives some people away from CrossFit that just are a little impatient, you know, like you said, yeah. Hey, I have to be patient. I have to save, I have to break this down mm-hmm. and you have and maybe some speak some life into those people and how you started and you looked at workouts to so maybe how you look at workouts now. Yeah, I mean, when I first started, I could imagine doing a pull-up. And, yeah. You know, like three years ago, I was able to do, I think for the team workout, maybe 19 in a row or so. And mm-hmm. and, and now, because I got some shoulder issues sure. you know, that I'm kind of nursing, sometimes, I'll, you know, the toes bar were, were a little frustrating, but there's stuff that you can modify mm-hmm. to get better. And, and I'm not saying, like, hey, whenever I modify, I'm smiling and everything's awesome. Like, there's a certain level of, of suckiness to, you know, having to modify stuff. And I've been there with shoulder things mm-hmm. and different things like that. But it's, you know, you have to keep your eyes on the prize kind of thing. Yes. And it's oh. like, is it, am I going to let this random Tuesday in October workout of whatever year um, dictate the rest of my, you know, training? Yeah. Or am I going to be an idiot and try to jump up here and do all these toes to bar with a busted shoulder? And then maybe be out for a year with a rotator cuff or something. Right. Yeah. And, and like, and so yesterday I did GHDs, which are absolutely horrible, and mm-hmm. I can't laugh today. Mm-hmm. Um, or, still, or get a, do, still get a good workout, right? Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. And, and like ring rows are a great. Mm-hmm. You know, there's definitely there's always always things. something. Yeah. yeah. It's I think a part of it is the the human condition and and amplified by our our society, you know, mm-hmm. a very quick turnover, you know, it's very hard to, for us to see, you know, we talk about long-term goals all the time here, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, what's a five-year plan? What's a three-year plan? And it's really hard to see that far, mm-hmm. you know, and you ask someone who um, comes in and whether it's, there's a performance goal or there's a weight loss goal, whatever it might be, it's really hard for them to see that it, it is a slow incremental process, you know, mm-hmm. um, like you said, a random Tuesday in October, you know, might be the end of the world for somebody. But we all know that even if you take a month off, if you've been doing this for five years, you know, seven, eight, whatever, how many years, that is a very, even even within mm-hmm. that short time, it's a very short amount of time. You talk about your lifetime, mm-hmm. that's even smaller, you know. So if you take a month off, you know, again, just to take a big step back uh, for, for a hip you know, my hip and, and, but the nice thing is, is right now, I think I have finally have a solution to basically what was a, a, a lifelong problem. It had nothing mm-hmm. to do with CrossFit. It, it had something to do with, you know, growing up and favoring one leg playing soccer for, yeah. for 10 years. Oh yeah. And you find that in so many people, but yeah, I mean, just to finish up that point with you, Adam is just, again, just speaking to the point of perspective of this was where I was at day one. And then now year five, Obviously, things have changed, and mm-hmm. you've you've seen some progress. But you've kind of, you kind of probably have a good idea where your fitness is. You know what I mean? From a, if something comes up, where we're running a mile or we're doing a max deadlift, you're like, all right, well, hey, I know, I generally know this is how long this is gonna take. Mm-hmm. So you you know you have a plan. That's that's kind of like Jared's saying about like the adult uh, handbook. Guess what it is? It's experience. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're gonna only come once a week just to skip out on doing things you can't do guess what you're missing out on more than anything experience yeah and it's just experiencing things like we're about to do a weightlifting meet which dude you know it's it's going to be nerve-wracking for a lot of people involved there'll be a lot of nerves but guess what the more weightlifting meets those people do and jared can speak to this i've never done a weightlifting meet Uh, i would like to you know eventually but um the more and more you do, it's just, you know, I was played sports my whole life. I would still get nervous before games, but you know, the more I played, you know, on a bigger stage or whatever, the, just the more experience you have. So it's, I think you, you have to, you have to do that. It's a good thing to get butterflies when you're on your way to the gym or get a little nervous and stuff. 
But then whenever you get there and someone cracks a joke, it's like, oh, these people are all just, you know, here to have a good time and not, you know, really, really be super judgy. And if that's your box, that's your community, then you might want, you, you know, you might need to reconsider who, yeah, where, you know, you're, where you're you at. Surround yourself with. Um, I want to take a, a quick break. I want to come back and talk to Adam uh, a little bit behind the, the motivators in your life and, and kind of what pushes you beyond your current ability. We'll be right back. CrossFit is demanding both physically and mentally. Setting goals are the foundation to push your athletic ability, and the hour we have together a day may not always be in line with those personal milestones you've set for yourself. Triumph Performance is based around just that, your goals. Together, in a one-on-one setting with your coach, we will set manageable and timely goals. Your program, unique to your needs, will accelerate the path to your target. Most have an idea of where they may want to go, but together with your Triumph Performance coach, we will assess your fitness level, develop a custom fitness plan, and keep you on track to successfully complete your goal. For more information, please contact a coach or email info at triumphstrength.net. And we are back. We're here with Adam Zoda on the Everyday Athlete Podcast. Um, we kind of left off talking about um, the starting out in CrossFit, finding those those things that are super intimidating and, and um really just as time goes on things just automatically become less intimidating very rarely is something scare you your whole life uh you know it's usually this uh, the first couple times you experience something that's usually what's the most terrifying but Mm -hmm. once you uh once you do it over and over again just becomes almost every day um every day athlete (laughs) but uh, i I do want to kind of switch gears and talk a little bit about you know what what were the motivators in your life that kind of brought you to where you were today, whether it's a, you know, a parent, a coach, a, a book you read. I don't know if there's a, me, Mark, um, you know, it's, it's nine out of 10 times. It's usually what it is. Right. Um, obviously. <laughs> so then I'll jump to number two then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let's just assume it's us and then, and then fill, someone fill, else. Fill in everyone else. Yeah. It's Jarrett, then Mark. Then Steve Jobs. We're, we're both. Yeah. In <laughs> so uh, when I was, you know, so I, I wasn't too active during high school doing athletics and stuff, uh, like indoor track and stuff. But that was just shot put. Uh, started going to college. Kind of. What'd you study? Accounting. Accounting and finance. Numbers guy. So you know it. it from there, I started meeting different people, uh, got a job at McAllister's Deli. Uh, so, you know, that was kind of like my first job. I love McAllister's. Met a lot of people. It's pretty good. I guess I, I haven't eaten there since I've left, but n- <laughs> no offense to that. But. So, but I, I did develop some unhealthy habits. And uh, and at one point I started, I got a membership at what is it, uh, the local box there, the Globo Gym or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and got talked into doing some personal training there. And uh, and I remember that first time I wasn't able to do a push-up. And fr- from there, you know, I, I would do the, you know, the bicep curls and all that silly stuff. And and, and I a new trainer came, and he had a bunch of kettlebells, and he had, like, a rogue set in nice. this one room. And, and I started talking to him, and I started working with him, and... And for maybe a year, I was doing kettlebell stuff, and and he was about to leave, but he recommended CrossFit, and that's also about the time where Brandon Roan, be money, uh, be money, yep, introduced me to Covington CrossFit, and and I am I answering the question? Did <laughs> I get off? Of, no, no, you're fine. Okay. Uh, it really, it, it's it's more just about you know, uh, obviously there's. There are people that influence you. Oh yeah, yeah. Throughout, throughout your life, you well, know, it was kind of the motivation. Was it like when you couldn't get that push up, and you're like, yeah. So uh, maybe necessarily wasn't a person. I, but I might there not was, be doing something. Y- yeah, it was just improvement. And, and then and, it, you kind of said like, hey, I don't want to do curls. You know, I, this doesn't seem applicable to life as much. Maybe. Yeah, d- doing actual movements that helped me. Yeah, life. you wanted to move. And then also, during that, I really started 
to learn about nutrition and I watched movies about eating better and like kind of like Food Inc. was one of the yeah. main ones that kind of got me inspired. Supersize right. me. <laughs> and it, it, you know, that was one for me. Yeah, I mean, it was like, wow. It was like, because that was the right. It really was a good one. I was, I was in college and you're like, oh, wow. There is a correlation. And, and it sounds really almost silly, but, you know, we're made to think that just because something says it's healthy. You think, again, a lot of people think they're making it healthy a healthy choice mm-hmm. when in reality they're probably not and it's not their fault you know mm-hmm. uh just because something is the low-cal version on the menu it's like yeah but you yeah, can the make your own the, food and the, and the wording of like yeah. whole and you know healthy and all yeah. that stuff is local all but you're yeah. but you're you know when you finally make Even organic correlation sometimes. between here to here that like oh i am at this place because of what i'm eating or you know uh Again, just for my hip, it's like there's a correlation between why I have basically a very, very tight hip and, you know, a lot of my hips are off center and all this kind of stuff that's built up over the years. And when you finally make this correlation, then things start to kind of open up and clear up. And I think that's where you see a lot of uh, a lot of the progress, too, in this sport, in this sport in particular. Um, You know, you see a lot of really, really smart people coming into the field and, you know, we're reading that the. Rise of Superman book right now, and the, the, the correlation between, you know, the, these huge gains we've seen in extreme sports, uh, you can call CrossFit an extreme sport even, and uh, and the progress they've made versus other traditional sports, mm-hmm. you know, and, and something starts to click for for a group of people, and then that group of people gets larger, and the pool of talent just gets bigger. Yeah, um, I know Mark wanted to uh, because you guys just were together over the weekend and uh, had some of Adam's. Yeah, he paid me to come over his house. Um, some, yeah, he's pretty cheap, actually. Yeah, yeah, really cheap, guys. If you're out there, I'll give you my number. Um, <laughs> show notes. But no, Adam's a super interesting guy. Uh, I'll say that out loud. And um, he uh, can brew some amazing beer. So believe it or not, it's not all paleo, guys. So don't go, go crazy. <laughs> but uh, he did a you know, he had a little birthday party. played some cool games. and had some fun. He's got a really cool uh, group of friends. And um, so anyway... Maybe talk a little bit about, hey, what do you, what's your nine to five, and then how did you get into brewing beer? Uh, I got into brewing beer because of my nine to five. Oh, there you go. I'm just teasing. Uh, I've kind of wondered that, by the way, just just off, you know, off the cuff. Like, is it therapeutic or is it stressful? Like brewing beer, I, w- I would imagine it wouldn't be too stressful if you kind of do it as a hobby. But then there's probably some moments of stress when you have to taste, or you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know the whole process. So. It is actually really stressful. Okay. Um, and, and sometimes I have to be in the right mood to actually sure. do it because it's, it's kind of, you know, there's so many things that go into it and I won't get into the details, but, but you know, the, the day of, of brewing is a lot of st- really, really stressful. Mm. But, but when, when you're kegging it, that's very th- therapeutic. Oh, cool. And then when you're able to pour a pint, that's pretty sweet too. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Something about making your own stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's all. And then sharing with people is is great too. And how did you get into doing it? Uh, I had a buddy that did it, and it and it seemed really like just seemed super interesting to me because it's it's a lot of science, yeah. but then also a lot of art and craft in there. And uh, and I love science and, and and numbers, and there's a ton of that doing equations. But then also you can do your own spin on it and, and you know, put some love in there. Yeah. It, and and when you get to name a beer, like, I mean, that's that's got to be the artsy side mm-hmm. and creative. But maybe go, give us, like, the Cliff Notes version of just a synopsis of a, the process of, of brewing a beer. Maybe just, you know, the next minute or two, okay. if you can. Yeah. How's it start? Uh, so I guess first is deciding what kind of style you want to make. Um, recently I've been doing, like, a lot of sours and lagers. Mm-hmm. which have been very challenging. Uh, so then I'll formulate a recipe. And then the day of brewing, I'll get the water together. And that kind of, with that, you have different water chemistry, the minerals you'll put in there, the pH is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll mash the grains, so that's ext- changing the starch to sugars. Mm-hmm. Um, then you'll boil it, add the hops. The hops will make it bitter, add flavor. Um, actually, also act as a preservative and depending on the style, different amount of hops. From there, you'll cool it down, and then you'll pitch the yeast, And but the day prior, I'll get a yeast starter going, so I'll get prepackaged yeast, um, almost make a mini beer. 
Where do you get the, the ingredients from primarily? Uh, List, like... Listerman's up in right by Xavier. Okay. Great I, was just, brewery too. I was just there uh, Saturday. Hey, I love that place. And you do this mostly just all in like the kitchen kind of thing or is it? In, in the garage. In the garage. Yeah. So I got a little station and I'll kind of wheel it out. Yeah, yeah. No, I see, I've seen it. And then, uh, so I'll, I'll ferment it and that takes a couple of weeks and that's kind of taught me a lot of patience. And then uh, sure. after that, I'll keg it and then maybe two weeks after that, after conditioning and carving, it'll be ready. That's awesome. Interesting. Um, uh, you know, we, we are having a, our weightlifting meet this Saturday is, is at a brewery. Mm -hmm. Um, and those guys have been pretty interesting to talk to as well. Um, you know, where they literally just a bunch of friends started in a garage brewing beer together. And, and now you see them, uh, you know, basically blowing up, you know, they, yes. they've, they've they bought a eight ball, right? Yeah. Uh, Braxton bought eight ball. So basically their Braxton labs is just where they're having fun. You yeah. Know, the art side of things yeah. where they're just going over there and trying anything and everything. Um, have you, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, you talked about the, the, the stressors and the, the relief, you know, the side of things. Is there, is it just something you think you're going to do just for yourself? I mean, I mean, cause again, there's obviously, if it's just a hobby, it's just a hobby. Mm -hmm. But you know, I think there's a, a lot of people who really enjoy beer. Yeah. You know? any, any big plans for it? Or is it just something that you, you think you'll just do for yourself and, and your friends? I, I, I think every home brewer aspires to have their own brewery, Yeah. but then there's also a popular phrase of why ruin a good hobby? Yeah. yeah. Because I, I think like Evan and those guys, they don't, you know, they've turned into, you know, businesses. They have to, yeah. Which is awesome, and that was always a dream of mine was to open my own business, and then to brew, that would be awesome, but I think at this point in my life, no. Um, I'm going to embrace it as a hobby for right now, but, you know, definitely that's always kind of a thought. That was it good, Mark? It was delicious. Yeah. Um, he, he does a really good job. I think he's definitely his own worst critic like we are about our business, and I can definitely speak life into um ruining a good hobby i started as a crossfit member and <laughs> you know crossfit is still fun it's still my passion but it definitely takes on a whole different level and then even now um, transitioning from coaching you know 20 plus hours a week to five you know hours a week when people are asking like hey man i haven't had a class with you in a while and it's like tough to kind of explain like you know hey i'm sorry like i really wish i could coach you know i, I do have a passion for coaching but if, you know, there is a future in this for myself and Mr. Baston and, and honestly for you guys, like it would, it would honestly be selfish of us to just keep coaching classes and not forecasting a vision. And that's where, you know, you, when you really step over that line from, hey, this is a hobby to this is a business. Yeah. Now you're like, oh, man, I got to like pay taxes and, you know, set up all these uh, different licenses. And it's um, it, it's real, you know, and, and I know a lot of people probably just kind of think like oh you know you guys just kind of have the life you have to work out all day and it's just like brewery right like oh you guys just to get just drink you know, beer all day just yeah. drink beer and hang out and it, i can tell yeah. you from experience of talking to those guys it is uh it is just it's go it, go go right it's, now it's hustle i mean look i mean in any both of you guys just said like hey this place is blowing up you'll be hard pressed to find any business in america or anywhere in the world that's not thriving and they're just getting by, but you know, not, they don't have a plan or they're not working hard. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, and I know you work over right down the road, right? Mazak. Yes. And there's probably people that drive by that place on the gym every day and they're like, what the heck does that place yeah. do? Yeah. And I, and I, I think you've told me like multiple times and I'm still like, what the heck does that place <laughs> it's, do? It's a complex. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, mean, it's, it's not just a building. Yeah, oh, it's, it looks like it, a college they got campus. like a campus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is the, uh, the general, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to generalize what they do, but um, kind of some of the larger things that that Mazak does. Uh, so we manufacture mean machine tools, which uh, means absolutely nothing. Uh, it's <laughs> unless you're in that industry. Uh, so you make the things that make other things. Yes, exactly. Uh, so at that factory, they manufacture and build uh, lathes, metal metal cutting lathes, and uh, vertical mills. So kind of like all the Rogue bars mm -hmm. and a lot of things sure. from Rogue, uh, they're machined on machines. Uh, they're turned down. So what makes it a perfect bar 
mm-hmm. round is turning on late. Is Rogue a client? They're not. They buy Ha as a competitor. Oh my goodness! I'm but sorry to bring that up. It's funny to <laughs> it's funny to go on their Facebook page and if they have a video of them, you know, turning or machining some metal, uh, a lot of people will say you should have bought a Mazak. Ooh, little so, smack talk in yeah. the lathe industry. So, <laughs> Adam's just on there. Just <laughs> I got like so many different Facebook accounts. You're, yeah, like, you're like talking revolutions per minute and <laughs> stuff. Like uh, this one's only. <laughs> Zadam <But>, Oda. <laughs> They'll never get it. No, that's funny, man. Um, that's super interesting. I, mean, I bet. I bet. They're it's, literally a mile away. Yeah. Yeah, and crazy. Think they're just yeah, exactly something that close. And you know, a lot of people don't think of they think of these large companies being in these huge metropolitan areas. And and uh, Florence, in its own right, is a huge metropolitan area as far as how big it's growing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a. It's going to sound like a silly question, but it is a serious question I've always had. What what cuts the cutters that aren't dulled by other metals? <laughs> it's uh, so the, there are only there can only be so many hard things to cut other hard things. Right? Yeah. No. It's it's uh, the inserts that are replaceable. Um, they are compressed carbon, so they're super because all that pressure. They're, they're so they're not really being strong. cut then. No, no, okay. they're, they're formed um, and. Now drills will be ground, but I mean those those grinding wheels are worn down, and just like those inserts, uh, right. after you know maybe thirty pieces of uh, high production environment, they need to get changed out. Right, so. that makes sense because I've always wondered. You know, I watch a lot of like how it's made mm-hmm. and things like that. I love that show, but you know, you watch it and it's like this is a you know diamond tip, blah blah blah, and it can only you know nothing's harder and like well what makes that yeah because they're going to be only, something has to make it in order for it to cut other hard things but. yeah um i'm not a genius or anything but i'm pretty sure diamonds are made from coal so you know, <laughs> there's a certain degree of pressure and the atmosphere anyway adam what's something you're currently passionate about um outside of brewing beer so i want to get a uh an early 90s land cruiser yes which um i like where this is going that uh love camping hiking are you asking me to move in (laughs) get bunk pits (laughs) um so those two and then i've also been uh kind of super nerd so uh getting into like personal finance stuff like that trying to figure out your personal finance or like getting into like a different industry oh no um but in case anyone's hiring now, just teasing. Yeah. I uh, literally have dozens you can, you can of throw dollars. Emails. Dozens of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> what can I invest that in? <laughs> so you sounds like you want to travel. Yeah, I like traveling a lot. Uh, anywhere like in particular, just because I know you got down to the gorge. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where you got married. Yes. And um, beautiful wedding. Thank you. And uh, so that's cool. I mean, you want why a Land Cruiser and why? Um, I don't know the Land Cruiser. I, I, I started seeing pictures of you know people with these mm-hmm. huge ass a lot of cars. Oh my goodness! Um, very large vehicles. Start away. Um, start over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, I just love the old style, and yeah, uh, sweet. you know, and just kind of seeing these pictures of of everyone with these tents on top was just awesome. So, yeah. so I'm jealous. basically. Because I've I've always been a car nut, um, and really you know you, you go back, uh, especially when it comes to car modification. You're basically talking about getting something, modifying it to your needs, mm-hmm. right? And and that's really where the world of, of hot rodding came from. And in a sense, it's it's its own world of hot rodding because you're you're basically taking something that is being tossed aside in something like early 90s, yes. right? Because yeah. you're now you know 97 was 20 years ago. Yeah, you yeah. know. You don't really, you know, you don't really think about that because that was when I'm growing up, and you know, you're gonna hear stuff that when you, I think I brought it the other day, like when you hear Nirvana on WGRR, it's like, <laughs> and up next smells like Teen Spirit, <laughs> you know, it's like that was that was huge when we were growing up, but mm-hmm. but basically the the point being is, you see in the car world, you saw a lot of the, uh, you know, late '50s, uh, you know, the Chevy Bel Airs and all that, you know, with the flames on the side. That was a, the world of hot rodding, and then it, it moves into the '80s, and then now '90s, which are now considered a classic car. Yeah, you know, and you can get them for real. It, basically, you get something for relatively cheap and modify it to what you need. Yeah. The nice thing about something like 
early 90s is you're in that sweet spot of everything still really mechanical uh, but it does have some of the more modern conveniences yeah you know uh, you're not in the early 2000s where you're you are now getting buggy you know in dash screens and things like that yeah or early 90s are still early enough to where you can have some of you know have an ac that still works and and not have to worry about the onboard computers being yeah completely awful Where, uh, where's your first destination going to be uh if we got that well i would think like that um maybe like maine vermont would mm, be pretty sweet okay i think my wife would probably want to go uh southwest southwest i think it's just a natural starting point I saw, I, saw a, uh, I saw a big RV the other day, and it had a map of the United States that mm-hmm. you fill in the stages you go to. Yeah. And it was literally like, you know, New York, New Jersey. And I'm like, why did you not just start in Maine? Because <laughs> the, the whole Midwest, you know, down <laughs> south, I'm like, so when are you going to drive back up to Maine? Yeah. Like, it's just my type A. is like, why did you not just start there? Right. You know, um, I've always wanted to go to Nova Scotia, too, on the yeah. other side of that. And it's really cool. Yeah, my oh, wife wants to really go to... Uh enough like uh calgary yeah um uh, canada yeah i saw a map of canada the other day and it, it had the population density and it was like two-thirds of the population lives in basically what would be considered like from here to louisville mm-hmm. in the whole united states yeah you know yeah. It, it's all pretty condensed in, in one small area um where's your go-to hiking spot you said down the gorge a lot mm-hmm yeah, uh, so the gorge, like, what is it? People Rock don't realize Bridge? how beautiful it is. Oh, yeah, it's incredible. And and in close relation to us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. S- speaking to my buddy who rock climbs, uh, the gorge is, like, top ten every yeah. year in places to climb in the world. Yep. It's, yeah, it's uh, pretty cool to see all the different uh, license plates when you're down there. Yeah. Yeah, so Martin Martin's Fork Lake is a pretty sweet trail. And then... Um, I can't remember. There's uh, Rock Bridge, but it's not oh, the, not natural not bridge. Not the natural bridge. But it's right next to this, uh, Creation Falls. I think okay. it's the waterfalls right next to it. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's where we're actually going to try to get married at because there's this little sandy beach right next to there. Uh-huh. But it was like 85 that day. so, um, And I was in, you call, know. Call during, an audible. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, oh, we're just going to get married outside instead of hiking with 20 yeah. different people. So That's good. Uh, yeah, I have my... I've always, our family's gone down to Gatlinburg a lot growing up and, you know, just being little, doing all the touristy stuff. But as I got older, just like I'm driving out to the Smoky Mountains and hitting these trails. You know, every time I go, it's like, what can I, you know, what 14 mile trail can I hit while Mm -hmm. I'm down there? You know, just to see different parts of the park. Yeah, um, you're not there for the uh, beef jerky outlets. Right. Well, I, and the knife shop, the knife, the knife (laughs) stores you can go to every time. It's, It's like I'm nine years old again. Which shiny shiny thing can I buy? Come on with the samurai sword. Um, well, that's no. I mean, that's uh, again. Mark and I, our, our passions are obviously rely a lot. Most of which live in here, but we both definitely have other passions. I don't hang out with Jared outside of work. I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> we really don't. He's uh, <laughs> he's weird. I don't know. So. <laughs> and I'm normal. All right. No, yeah, it's uh, it's good, you know, it's good to have, we, we do compliment each other well, um, but it's good to hear your story, man, um, but, you know, next thing I would just say is, um, you know, having a plan, so whether it's to get a Land Cruiser or to get a pull-up, mm-hmm. it needs to, you know, you need, you need to have a plan. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like a lot of people that maybe even are inside these four walls or going through fitness, like, if they're wondering, like, why don't I look like the, this or that or, you know, with the yellow thing, it's like, you got to have a starting point, mm-hmm. you know? So if you're like, I want to buy a Land Cruiser. All right, well, how much is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, again, you're a numbers guy, like you're, you're already probably plotting it out, planning it out. And then it's just, I, I feel like a lot of time, I would hope at least the majority of people with their finances are being diligent and, and, you know, planning things out. And, you know, obviously CrossFit is an investment, but it's an investment in yourself. Just like we talked about earlier with good food. I'm consciously buying organic food like I'm basically making an investment mm-hmm. in myself as opposed to I'm a broke college student and I need to eat McDonald's you know <laughs> there's there's a time where we've all gone through that but yeah man it's just have a plan you know and, and it's not easy so generally what I'm saying is 
you got to talk to people about it too. Mm -hmm. So like you said, Hey, I learned how to brew beer from a buddy of mine. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if that's a skill you would have just picked up on your own eventually, who who knows? But it's so many times in life, you know, you never know who could be a mentor. Um, and whenever you have this community of people around you or your, you know, your wife to, to kind of bounce ideas off of or whoever it is, uh, you know, unfortunately there's a lot of people that are kind of alone sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's getting around a group of people and having a plan, like you said, whether it's a pull up or a, a destination, you just, you, you got to start that process. And, and I, I personally, I like to reverse engineer it. So it's like, what's my, what's my end goal? Mm-hmm. All right. Now let's start thinking kind of backwards and then it's, it's just action, you know, cause it, it can all sound good in theory. Like, hey, Adam, what are you passionate about? I want to run for president. Oh, man, that's amazing. I'm like, that's awesome. What's your first step? I have no idea. Well, the last <laughs> and it's never going to happen. Sex scandal. Yes, start yes. with the sex scandal. Yes, yeah, start there. <laughs> Sandy's not listening. So. <laughs> I got some videos of Mark and Adam from earlier. And, too, I think one of probably Mark, our, I don't want to say problems, but a lot of the the speed bumps that we have are giving each other permission. Like you're allowed to want to do something, mm-hmm, sure. you know? Uh, and that's a, that's a, it sounds weird, but that's a gift we have to give to a lot of people here that like, mm-hmm. you know, like I want to go, I want to run a marathon or I want to, you know, build a greenhouse in my backyard. Why? And I can't do that. Why not? Because of this. Yes, you can. Yeah. yeah. And then sometimes it's literally, it's happened to me personally, you know, uh, just, just within the business here. I'm just like, I think that'd be really cool to do. And then Mark's like, okay, go do that. You know, right, and it, sure. for whatever reason, it's just someone saying that, yeah, you can, you can actually do that. Um, you know, cause again, we're, we're, I think we're just used to this structure, especially if, if it's a normal nine to five type job that, well, this is my role and this is what I play. And like, you're allowed to have other interests in life. You know, I think I think you'll find a strong correlation probably in a lot of successful companies out there. Um, and again, I'm not going to pretend to know what it's like to, to work at some of those like the Googles and, and so on and so forth. Granted, they are absolutely, you know, crushing it and, and all the, the numbers and forecasts and all that stuff. Um, but I guarantee they have more than just lateral movement within the company, you know, as far as like, hey, look, if you have this amazing idea, um, you know, I, w- I would imagine people aren't just going to sweep that under the rug. You know, you have people there that's actually going to listen. Yeah. But like you said, like actually going and 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 doing it is a whole different thing. Because yeah. I mean, ideas are you know, whatever the cliche, cliche saying about the ideas, you know, they aren't worth crap unless you actually have a plan or, or an implementation of, of how to do that idea. But I guess what I'm saying is just you know, within our little business here, it's it's a lot of it's you know, well, I'll have a thousand ideas a day, but is there a plan that can support that? And um, with with probably even within Mazak, if you guys are thinking of different ways to improve delays and, and do different things, and there might even be a chain of command to run that up and see how that's gone. And it's just that having that communication that can further, that's, that's the key, right? Is that communication within an organization or just within a, a gym, mm-hmm. you know? Um, or if you're trying to brew beer, whatever whatever it is. I just saw, uh, um, speaking of just that, that kind of branching out and getting, going back to Braxton, I don't want to keep bringing them up, but I just saw, I literally saw it last night. Um, you know, they did the graders, uh, the graders beer. Yeah. Um, and then they actually reversed that and graders did a chocolate stout, uh, chocolate stout ice cream. Yeah. So I'm going to pick that up. Um, (laughs) speaking of ice cream, uh, I always like to finish out with, uh, what is your definition of fitness, Mr. Zoda? Oh, I thought you were going to ask me my favorite flavor. No, do you have one? It's uh, It was like mocha, pistachio, mm. um, fudge or something. Nice. You're that that sounds very good. good. Uh, <laughs> you're unreal. <laughs> uh, definitely. Uh, real, real quick, um, if you guys, are you, do, you, do you like malt? Are you a shake guy? Uh, like, I like everything. Okay. Um, for a while, um, you know, I own a gym, so I go to graders often. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's a, there's a, for a while there, we would have our, our 
a cheat meal we get guys together and kind of go get something to eat and you know just kind of again separating yourself from that lifestyle so you can actually enjoy life every now and then and uh, I, I made my own concoction at the graders and uh, for a while there they, they kind of gave me it was kind of cool where I just become the regular and give it the head nod like same thing today <laughs> sir and yeah uh, but is a uh, salted caramel double malt powder with uh, peanut butter drizzle if you ever get a chance, try. <laughs> make sure you're close to home because you're going to need a nap uh, pretty close afterwards. But, you know, it, it's definitely one to check out if you ever get a chance. All right, so we're skipping lunch and going. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, definition of fitness. Let's go back to the real, real <laughs> good, question. Good follow-up. Yeah, good follow-up. So I hope I'm not too sporadic. Uh, continual improvement and ability to adapt to any situation, I guess, right? God, did you think it was like a, did you write that out? You practiced it last night? Yeah, I said it right. Yeah, yeah. I looked you down know, my cards. Notes. I'm sorry. That's, uh, no. Honestly, that's probably one of the most clear and concise, you know, ones we, we've heard and, and it definitely rings true. I mean, um, and the word is adapt. Nice. I think that's the key. Huge. Because, um, again, no, nothing, no progress is made by, by just being stagnant. Mm-hmm. You know, you, it was continually adapting. Um, and again, if it's an injury, you know, that is fitness is by adapting around said injury. And then fixing that. Yep. And then improvement upon that. Absolutely. That's a fantastic answer and a fantastic way to, uh, man, he just nailed it. it, Uh, thank you for listening to everyday athlete. Join us next week as we dive deep into the lives of the people who make us great. Thank you, Mr. Zoda. Thank you guys. So, uh, Thank you.